Are we good? Are we ready for the Word of God? Jabbo said to me, he says, uh, it's going to be hard to get people back after saying hello, because you guys all love saying hello to each other. He says, you've only got five minutes to preach. And my response was, God can do a lot in five minutes. Yeah? Who believes God can do a lot in five minutes? Amen? Hey, listen, we, we've had such a great week here at the church, and I just want to share a few things of what God's been doing, because sometimes it's hard for us to kind of communicate everything that's been going off, but this Thursday, we had an amazing caregivers group, and I just want to honor Jenny, uh, Ange, Di, Sue, Annie, uh, and some of the other ladies, forgive me if I've missed you out, you... you Hazel, you just do an amazing job of welcoming people from our community, milk, making them feel welcome. And what happened this week is we had, uh, we, we uh, partner with uh, Improving Lives Plymouth. And uh, they came in and um, people that are caring for others have received great advice and great support and great help. And we just want to, we just want to thank God for that, that connection within the community, but we, I want to just honor these ladies for their love and care over people coming into our, from our community into this as well. Come on, let's just honor them. Also, just to let you know as well, really exciting. Over the last three months, we've been, we've been connecting with uh, DBI, uh, who, which you guys know Jabba and Lillian run, and we run something called Health is Wealth. So that's, that's a group where we celebrate the healthcare system. So if you remember uh, COVID, we had uh, a time where we were celebrating and clapping all of our NHS staff, didn't we? And um, now COVID's finished, we seem to have lost some of that celebration and that, that support of uh, thanking our, our wonderful healthcare system, uh, our wonderful NHS staff. Uh, this week, we, we gathered pharmaceutical um, um, organizations uh, together and we celebrated them and uh, um, Steve who's actually here this morning who's a, a, a pharmacist in the locality uh, led some encouragement of how we how we encourage each other and also highlighted the loneliness um, of the healthcare sector and church we, we've got a great responsibility to draw alongside those that are in a lonely place don't we we want to we want to draw alongside those who are lonely it's not just those that live alone sometimes people are in a working environment and they're feeling very lonely and god's given us a great responsibility to draw alongside them encourage them and build them up so that was another great thing that's happened this week and i know for some of you i've told you that we are getting a double decker bus because we've outgrown our kids church space which is amazing come on how amazing is that and this week, um, we went to City Bus, and uh, we w we've seen the bus that we're getting. And let me tell you, we've, at first we thought that it was going to be, uh, the engine was ripped out, and there was going to be loads, loads of things that had been ripped out, and we just, we just needed the space. We thought it was going to be towed here. But they've given us a fully working bus. How amazing is that? The bus is working, it's got an engine, and it's going to be driven here. So, <laughs> and, and not only that, the V5 then gets handed over to the church. So that means that bus belongs to the church. How amazing is that? 
So what we want, what our plan is to do with that space is o over the time we're going to we're going to create a kids church space and a youth space at the top. And uh, as I shared with you last week or the week before, we're on a journey of trying to get um, a, a swim worker into our area. So we've got a youth worker as well working and building a youth, uh, a youth team. So like I said to you uh, last week, we really believe in our young people. We believe in the future of our young people. We want to build into that. And uh, um, whilst, whilst we may not be cash rich, as a church, we are spiritually rich in so many ways, and God has opened so many doors in our, ch in, in our community, and the influence that God is showing us already is amazing. To be given a bus for free is, is absolutely amazing. Come on, let's give God some glory. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Let's get into the Word of God, because my, my title for us today is Anchored in Hope, and we've been, we've been going on a series of, of anchored, and what it means to be anchored in God, and uh, this morning I want to focus on, on, on the whole subject of hope and what that means. We're going to be reading from Hebrews 6, so if you've got your Bibles, this is our core scripture for today. And Hebrews 6, verse 19, it says these words. It should be behind me uh, on the screen, but I'm going to read it out. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Come on. Firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You see, what I love about this, these short verses is that um, we, we get a whole uh, image of, of being anchored to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, yes? You see, the, the metaphor of the, of the anchor is widely used. However, this is the first time we see it in the New Testament. You see, the anchor represents something safe, secure, stabilizing. So for us as Christ followers, what the writer of Hebrews wants us to know is that we have a hope that is safe, secure, and stable. Yes? My first point for us this morning is our hope is the anchor for the soul. You see, this, this hope is our anchor for our soul. A few months ago, Becky talked about body, mind, and soul. Body, mind, and soul. And uh, when we look at us as humans, God wants to speak into the whole of us. God wants to speak into the whole of us. So he wants to speak into our body, our mind, and our soul. But when it comes to our soul, it's... Our soul is something that has to be unwavering. It's something that has to be unshakable. And where we place our hope in our soul, okay, is really important. Because in this world, we can put our hope in many, many things. Yes? And this world trucks at us many things to hope in, to have faith in. But we have an unwavering hope. And this is what the scripture is talking about. It's talking about that we have an anchor. 
that is unmovable. See, the truth is we don't need an anchor to calm seas, in, for the calm seas, sorry. The rougher the weather, the more important our anchor is. Yes? A few weeks ago, I spoke about, I spoke about storms come and go, but God remains. Last Sunday, Chris shared a time where him and Donna stopped for a night and they dropped anchor. And he, he talked about how, um, how the position of where they anchored was really important and m- in ensuring that the anchor was stable and in the correct place because as, they, as the night went on, they started to drift. And he made the point of saying we didn't want to be where the rocks were because they would have been shipwrecked. You see, in our walk with Jesus, where we drop anchor is important. Because when the storm hits, it shows how strong what we have anchored to is. The scripture tells us that hope is our anchor. But what are we hoping for today? You see, we need the anchor to hold the ship, to keep the ship from being shipwrecked. And so often, our lives are anchored to movable objects. There's a great challenge there, isn't there? Because you see, things that we place our hope in can move and shake. But when we have a hope in Jesus, it's unmovable. You see, life can often feel like we're heading towards a shipwreck. But when we have our hope in Jesus, who is our anchor, we're not heading towards shipwreck, but rather we're heading towards Jesus. How amazing is that? See, when we anchor ourselves to Jesus, we're heading towards where Jesus has gone where Jesus has walked before. Romans 12, verse 12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. But be constant in prayer. Oh, as I read those verses, it, it got me thinking about um, Tony's journey. And, uh, you know, what I loved about Tony and Anita was in the... In the, in the struggles of the journey of cancer and all the news that was coming, the ups and downs, what was evident was their prayer life. They were constant in prayer. Church, if our hope is strong, if our hope is fixed on Jesus, then our prayer life will be constant. Our prayer life will be strong. Come on. When you wake in the morning... Are we praying? Throughout the day, are we praying? Come on. I think, I, I think through every situation that I walk into, every, every step that I'm taking, you have a great responsibility because you carry the presence of God. You are a, a, a carrier of the presence of God. And as you, as you walk into situations, you have the power to saturate an environment. You have the power to change an environment because 
of the prayer that you call upon the name of the Lord. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says these words, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount on wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and, 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 and not be faint. Come on, church. You see, when you wait on the Lord, when your hope is in the Lord, you will not grow weary. The Lord will renew your strength. When you wait on the Lord, when your hope is in the Lord, you will find a renewing of strength in your life. Not just strength. You see, you may be, Becky said it this morning, you may feel like you're walking through the valley. You may feel like you're in the pit this morning. But this is what happens when you hope in the Lord. He renews your strength, but he, he lifts you up from the miry pit. And he mounts you on wings like eagles so that you can soar. God, I need you to think about that. If you've, ever, if you've ever seen a bird or an eagle soar, it's one of the most majestic things. But here's the thing. When you soar, you have a different viewpoint. When you're down in the pit, your viewpoint's very different, isn't it? Come on. When you're down in the miry pit, your, your viewpoint is not the greatest. But when God lifts you up on wings like eagles, your viewpoint is completely different because you see what he sees for your life. You see what he can do in your life. You see the power of God over your life. You see, an anchor is not just to hold us steady in one place. But what we're anchored to enables us to move forward from the place that we were, and it enables us to make progress. See, God doesn't want us to stay in that place. He doesn't want us to stay in the place of the miry pit. And that's why he lifts us on wings like eagles, because he wants us to go forward in all that he's called us to do. See, that the analogy of the anchor doesn't apply so perfectly for me. Chris gave us that wonderful imagery of how when he anchors, he drops the anchor and then he pulls it back so it's almost got like a, a half U shape. But I want to give you a different image. See, I don't anchor downward, I anchor upward. My anchor is fixed to heaven. Come on. Today, my hope is not on what's beneath me, but what is above me and what he gives in my life. He who has started a good work, he who has begun a good work will see it through to completion. Jesus started a good work and completed a good work. And in you now gives you a mission to do his will and purpose. You see, when we're anchored in hope, we turn to Jesus. And my second point is that our anchor, our anchored hope leads us into the presence of God. Oh, how powerful is that? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things 
not seen. I want to tell you that when you hope in the Lord, you may not see it, but God enters you into his presence. See, hope enters us into the inner sanctuary. Do we know what that word means, inner sanctuary? Inner sanctum. It's the holy of holy places. In the Old Testament, we read about how we get that, that image of the tabernacle and how uh, the curtains were, were uh, uh, surrounded the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence. And only the holy of holies could enter that place. But Jesus has done something that has broken that. You see, in that little room representing God's presence, people weren't allowed to enter, only those that were holy. And it was those who were holy that could atone for those that weren't. But then comes Jesus. Oh! Then comes the Savior, and his name was Jesus. And this is what Jesus does. He enables a way into the presence of God to have a relationship with God. Jesus has made a way where there once was no way. Come on. We sang this morning, he made a way where there was no way. He divided the seas. Come on. Our anchor of hope leads us to Jesus and our relationship with him leads us into the presence of God. You see, when our anchored hope is in Jesus and we understand what Jesus has done in our lives and what Jesus has done, it is finished. This is what happens. We enter the presence of God in a mighty way. We get to experience the relationship of God. When we say Jesus come into my life, Jesus says, here's my father. Whoa. You have been atoned. But your anchor leads you into the presence of God. Understanding what Christ has done for us, it's massive. It takes us to hope that Jesus has gone before us. And this, the verses end, and this is my final point. We have a hope that Jesus has gone before us. Yes? See, we have an assurance of this access into the presence of God because Jesus has gone before us. Jesus was, was our forerunner. What does that word mean? It means that he has ran before you and I. He has done a work so that we can follow him into the presence of God. The Old Testament priests didn't enter the presence of God as a forerunner, only as a representative. You need to know that. So when we just talked about the tabernacle and we talked about the priests being the holy of holy, they were a representative. They were not a forerunner. Only Jesus Christ has done a work that nobody else can do. Jesus Christ is our forerunner. You see, Jesus has entered into the immediate presence of God. 
so that you and I can follow him there. A forerunner is simply someone who has gone forward, knowing that others are following behind. If Jesus is the forerunner, then we are the afterrunners. Come on. I don't like running. It's not my favorite thing in the world. But I tell you what, I'm running after Jesus. I'm running after Jesus. <laughs> you see, if there's not a forerunner, there's no afterrunners either. Therefore, we've got to see the importance of following Jesus. We need to be a people who press into his presence. We need to be a people who draw closer to him. Scripture is full of people that pressed into the presence of God. Zacchaeus. He needed to know who this Jesus was. So he climbed to a tree so that he could get a glimpse the woman who needed healing, who pressed through the crowd, knew that there was one person who could heal her, and she pressed through the crowd just to touch her, Jesus' cloak. And as she touched Jesus, Jesus felt something go from him. You see, we need to press into the presence of God. God created us to be in his presence. Come on, Adam and Eve, the Garden of Eden. God created the Garden of Eden so that we could have a relationship with him. That image of what the Garden of Eden is was God's creation for you and I. But because sin entered the world, this is what happened. Jesus had to come and he had to make a way so that we could have that relationship as Jesus, as God first intended So, Jesus has gone before us. He's our pattern for life, isn't he? The ladies bring their patterns to knit on a, on a Thursday. And my, and my mind is boggled when I look at them. Like, Anne, Anne showed me one of the patterns, the knitting patterns. And, and that, it made complete sense to her. what pattern are you following? What pattern for your life are you following? Because there's so many patterns that are being thrown at you today. And God says, choose Jesus. What were those old wristbands that we used to have? <laughs> Sorry? What would Jesus do? Yeah. <laughs> and frog, what was frog? Fully rely on God. <laughs> They're all coming out now. <laughs> it was what would Jesus do that I was thinking. It's a great question for your life, isn't it? You know, for a lot of us, we, we don't, we've, we've got rid of our, our wristbands. 
But in our minds, we need to be asking that question afresh. What would Jesus do? Because what are the patterns for our life that we're following? What's the pattern for your life that you're following? See, Jesus is our high praise. He gave his life for you and I. He died. The veil, it was torn in two. Not just a little rip, it was split from top to bottom. And if you understand the imagery of this and actually the thickness of the curtain, for that to split, it is impossible for any human hand to be able to have done that. But that curtain symbolized the separation from the presence of God and you and I. And as Jesus hung on that cross, he gave his life for you and I, and he said, it is finished. That veil was torn in two. No more separation from the presence of God. See, my hope is anchored in Jesus. He was buried, and then he rose again. The stone was rolled away. But Jesus, he sits at the right hand of God now. And it says that he acts on our behalf. He's risen to glory. Yeah? So when we place our hope in Jesus, we're in the presence of God. We've got full access. When I used to work in the events industry, we used to have these badges, access all areas. Yeah? Jesus has given you access all areas to God. Come on. Access all areas to God. And when you grasp that in your life, when you truly grasp that in your life, you're anchored to a hope that's unwavering. My anchor isn't down, my anchor's up to heaven. My anchor is in Jesus. You see, we have a hope like no other. That as Jesus paid that price, so we didn't have to. He's gone before us. He's been our forerunner. So that we have an assurance of hope. That we can enter the presence of an almighty God. Access all areas. You know, this morning, I just want to pray over your life because I, 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 as I came into church this morning, I really sensed that there was a sense of battles going off in people's personal lives. I felt like people were under a lot of attack this week, that they faced many battles. But today, I want us to reaffirm our hope and our anchor. Come on, we need to drop anchor to Jesus. My prayer for us today is from Romans 15. I just wonder if you could just stand for a second.
So I want to pray this blessing over your life. If you want to receive a blessing today, come on. Our bodies need to be in the posture of receiving. I pray that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in hope in your life. I pray that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may be abound in hope today. Our hope is anchored in Jesus Christ today. God Almighty, I pray a blessing over the people, your people today. And I pray, mighty God, come affirm and affix their anchor afresh, Lord God. May they know an almighty power of the hope of Jesus Christ over their lives. May they know that they have full access to the presence of God afresh in their lives, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that they will know they have access, all areas, to you, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing. We thank you, Lord God, for what you've already done. And I pray over every battle that is being fought today, every battle that is being